Your Tai Chi Mastermind meeting for Friday, May 20th of 2022. And with us today is me, Richard Cleary, resident host, and Matt Holker, the regional organizer for Maryville, Tennessee, outside of Knoxville, Tennessee. Hi, everybody. Art Don in the Washington, D.C. area. He's going to tell you where. Hello, everyone. I'm in Greenbelt, Maryland. That is about 12 miles east of Washington, D.C. Welcome. Thank you. Jared Blakesmith in Cleveland, Ohio. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, west side of Cleveland in the uh, Lakewood and Berea, Rocky River area. Welcome. Harry Legg in Verona, New Jersey, outside of New York City. Hello there, Sifu. Thanks for having me. Welcome. Philip Chan in Columbus, Georgia. Hello, all. Welcome. Mark Mashad in Michigan. He's going to tell you where. Hi, it's in the Midwest Michigan area covering Lansing and Grand, Grand Rapids. By the way, special welcome out to Hannah today, who's with Jared there. So some, sometimes she's here, sometimes she's not. Today she is. Hello. Yeah, welcome, Mark. And welcome, Hannah. And Jim Kelly in Boca Raton, Florida. Hello, everybody. Uh, in the midst of a nice lightning and thunderstorm here, so I hope the internet holds up. <laughs> Stay safe. Yep. I just made Mark cringe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so today's uh, today's uh, show podcast uh, vidcast the uh, for you is an interview, and we're for the next eight ten sessions here. We're going to be interviewing some of the folk, basically all of the folks that are normally on the calls that are regional organizers for Clear Tai Chi. And our first one person doing that is Harry Leg. And we've basically put questions. You'll see it's sort of the same format of questions to everybody. It is a format where if you're going, tell me like for anybody else on the call, tell me more about that. Oh, that's interesting. What about, or you know, just anything that would be kind of appropriate to ask about or do that. So don't think about it as just me interviewing and him answering. It is, all open. of us are interviewing. It's, it's wide open. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So uh, let's start with simple things. Um, what is your name? Hello. My name is really and truly Harry Leg. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Yeah, I, I, I had to. Um, and then, what's your school name? The school is New Jersey Tai Chi. And tell us your school situation, including satellite classes, et cetera and city and state locations and status updates, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, so New Jersey Tai Chi is a private studio. Um, I have a separate building behind my house in Verona, New Jersey. And it's in that building where I conduct classes, typically. When the weather is really nice, we're in beautiful Verona Park, right outside a lake. So we do that whenever we can, but we always have the option to come here to the private studio, which uh, is in Verona, Jer Verona, New Jersey, which is about 15 miles northwest of Manhattan. Um, I also have another instructor, uh, Paul Shansky, who is in Fairlawn, New Jersey. That'd be about a half hour from here. And he can teach privately at his place. He is also at a couple of uh, senior citizen community centers uh, in Oakland, New Jersey, and also in Fairlawn, New Jersey. Cool. And you've also got where you've trained up about eight clear Tai Chi instructors. 
Yeah, I just did the count. It's now nine. <laughs> yes. So over the last several years, uh, nine instructors. That's, that's both for level one and then for push hands. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So. Cool. Um, and then, um, yep. And you covered your satellite classes too, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And and, right. and private lessons as well, of course. So uh, corporate wellness, that whole thing. So yeah, and you got some corporate wellness classes going on. Yeah, I've been doing a little traveling around the New York City area uh, doing that. And this is a great month for it. While we're recording this, it's Mental Health Month. So I've hit on a couple of those. Yep. Cool. Are you doing any push hands with the with the mental health groups there? Yeah. The mental health groups? No, typically not. Um, I'm going into facilities where corporations are still kind of uptight with things. And so having people that close to each other with COVID and that it's just, it's better off not to go there right now. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Cool. How many years have you been studying Tai Chi? Overall around about 15 years, uh, coming up on 16, actually. Um, about 12 we were trying to figure it out just the other night it's either 12 or 13 years with you but i had a two or three years prior to even meeting you that i was at another school mm-hmm. and how many years have you been teaching tai chi i'm on when my you, when would you say you first taught because i know you first you're teaching on your own but then you were teaching some before that as well so so be, before i began new jersey tai chi in the end of 2015 i was teaching uh at the other school that i was at um not officially teaching tai chi kind of unofficially they let me run a push hands program there and then whenever one of the instructors there because i wasn't an instructor there um i was an assistant um i would they would let me teach tai chi and they knew i was seeing you and my skill level was jumping and jumping. Uh, And so there was that. And I also spent a little bit of time, uh, the pleasure of teaching kids classes uh, at that school. (laughs) Cool. Uh, Actually, actually, I just want to throw my two cents in there. uh, that uh, That's where I was introduced to the push hands. Thank. So thank you, Harry, for (laughs) the opportunities at that school and my being able to meet you in New Jersey there. Yeah, on well, my vacation, on vacation <laughs> from Florida. <laughs> well, that shows how dedicated of a Tai Chi you are. You're on vacation and you're coming to a push hands meetup. How cool. <laughs> yeah, it was great for that. I still remember when I first met Jim and kind of seized his attention. Nah. What a shot. It seized my attention and. <laughs> Made me think I was going to be crippled for the rest of my life, but thank you for fixing that. <laughs> what made you think you were going to be crippled the rest of your life? I just had, uh, I was at a workshop and you had done a, uh, an energy thing and tried to reach my uh, left foot, but my knee was bad. So it got well, stuck then, in my left knee. <laughs> then we got it out of there. Yes. Yes. That very afternoon. Wow. Okay. Uh, we don't, yeah, we did. We didn't get the footage of us getting it out of there, but we have footage of you hitting the ground right after that. <laughs> yep. We'll have to show it to you at the Christmas party. Anyway, it's got it. It is. I, I'd that? like to see it. And I know, uh, I know, I, I think Denise saw it and she wasn't happy. <laughs> My wife. <laughs> I, knew, I knew who you were talking about. <laughs> 
uh, the listening audience. <laughs> she better for chocolate, wine, or flour. Which one do I need to bring or all three? <laughs> That's it. I was going to say all of the above. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, all right. Um, what martial arts have you studied? I know you've studied, most of you have studied more than one or other various kinds of Tai Chi, even, or other internal arts. So what else have you studied? Well, so the uh, school I was at prior to meeting you, and, and while I was with you too, there was a, a period of overlapping. It was a school that taught the fundamentals of eight different uh, martial arts, uh, some Kung Fu, some Tai Chi, some Bagua, um, a bunch of Chinese and Korean weapons, uh, and, and things of that sort. And then uh, I spent some time in Chinatown in New York City uh, learning a little uh, Paquita Tertia uh, Kali. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Um, and then with you, prior to like going, okay, may, let's make it all Tai Chi, I did uh, train with some of your Bagua and some of your Xingyi. Um, would not consider myself uh, really practitioners of those, but I'm glad to have the, the background and what I do have uh, from those yeah. arts from you. I still do those and I still have private students for those. I just don't teach that much publicly because Tai Chi is so vast that there's no time. And most of the students that I've got, a couple things there, a lot of the students I've got would be like, well, do I do the Tai Chi or do I do the senior in the bottom? Or I want to do all of it. And it's like, yeah, again, there's so much involved in the Tai Chi twin that it, it's really, you're going to have to put some real time into it for a number of years. And then somebody at once as they get uh, more to the advanced levels of our system, if they're going, hey, I would like to get a little bit of Bagua, a little bit of Shini, well then, okay. But the, uh, but it really is focused in on the, on the Tai Chi trend, partially because it's what I've done in my own studies. Um, the only art I still do that goes back into the 1970s is the Tai Chi and the Qigong. Um, and the rest of it, like boxing, I still I still use those thoughts and apply those things, but it's not something I teach. It's it's included. If we're doing something that's sparring, then then boxing informs that. But it's not like I'm really teaching boxing. Uh, the Taekwondo I did in the '70s, right after that, um, same thing. It's it can inform the kicking and and some of those things, but it's not like I'm teaching people Taekwondo. I don't right. I don't I don't remember most of it other than like kicks, right? The uh, and that kind of thing. And so really the Tai Chi is what I've done the longest and the most. And it's been the thing that's been consistent, whatever else I was studying along the term um, doing that. So, yeah. One of the uh, other things, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. One of the other things I failed to mention uh, is uh, that I've had the honor of training about half a dozen times or so with one of your main teachers, uh, Uncle yeah. Bill, Willem de Tours. And I, and I had the privilege of honor uh, hosting him here uh, at my place a couple of times. Um, so I'm by no means a Ciroc student, but I have had some you know, introduction to that. And, and Uncle Bill was super cool. He had one of his other instructors um, who is his Ciroc guy. Uh, he said, I want you, you're, you're, you're seeing Harry this weekend, run through the system with him. And so I got the, the quick whiz bang course of that, which was really yeah. something as well. Well, uncle, um, basically by people who really know about him, there are other Tai, tai Chi masters, consider him a Tai Chi master. And when he's, when, when, uh, when our, our mutual friend there showed you the stuff in Ciroc that uncle pointed out, it was all the energetic stuff where every bit of it was Tai Chi stuff that is contained within the Ciroc system. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was all that stuff. So, um, 
kind of making the point directly. And Uncle says it. He says it's like there's there's these systems are what are where the original sources for there's like eight systems or whatever that Sirach originally comes from. Tai Chi Twin is one of them. And he knows the root and his family art. They didn't just know the art, the Sirach art. They know all the root arts as well. Um, what is your what is your teaching experience journey? Well, so it began um, at the other school, uh, teaching kids, and then slowly, hey, so and so can't show up tonight. Um, you're our closest uh, thing to a black belt here at the school. Go ahead and conduct class. Um, so it began that way, and, and I'm grateful for it. Um, I always was a, sort of a teacher in uh, my other career, which um, you know we'll probably talk about a little later in the interview. Uh, um, so I, I'm used to uh, tutoring people and things of that sort. Um, and then after uh, studying with you for a while and being certified uh, in, in, you know, in, in, in numerous things at this point. But uh, when I first got your basic skills instructor certification, I, I waited a year before I dared to teach anyone. And this, this was not to um, uh, dishonor your saying you're certified as an instructor it because, uh, you know, I recognize, you know, the, the value of that, but I just, I didn't feel worthy. And, and I really wanted to hone those skills a bit more over the next year before I had the confidence to really begin teaching someone. So I started New Jersey Tai Chi a year after being certified with you. Um, and it, it just has grown uh, over the years uh, to the point where I really enjoy uh, sharing uh, with others, teaching, helping. Um, and, and there is the, the selfish part of it. We all know if, if, if you're a teacher, you know that it makes you better. Um, because you are regularly practicing as you're teaching and you're getting asked questions that challenge you where you're scratching your head going, oh, you know, I'm not sure. What a great question. Uh, then I get on the phone and go, Sifu, <laughs> help. <laughs> um, and, and it's, uh, you know, great to have uh, you for, for that as well. Um, and I never, I never ever thought that I would be a teacher of any sort of martial arts. When I first, when I first got in, uh, I was 39 years old. I had lost my job and my other career. Um, and uh, when I had that other job, I was working out at a gym, had the swanky, you know, personal trainer and all that sort of stuff. And then the plug got pulled on that right away. And I sat back here in my studio. Um, it's, it's both a recording studio and now my Tai Chi studio. Um, and my partner said, you know, you, you kind of need to do something. You've been sitting back here for six months and you haven't been working out. And I just wasn't that um, motivated to just go to a gym again. Not that there's anything wrong with that type of working out in physical fitness. Um, but I had been doing that since I was a teenager um, regularly. And I looked at martial arts, not knowing a darn thing about it, other than I thought I wanted to kick and punch and get some cardio and how cool would it be if I had a little self-defense and that's what landed me at the other school. Um, and, you know, you don't know what you don't know. 
So I, I ultimately would have rather have started with you right away, but um, things are what they are. Um, you don't have anything as long as you're reasonably, uh, don't just jump into anything, but as long as you shop, you yeah. know, like that uh, a little bit, um, you got everybody starts somewhere. Yes, it's true. And well, and I did shop. I didn't just go to the first place I went. Um, uh, everywhere, like there's, um, there are a lot of martial arts schools here where I live, oh, yeah. a lot. And so did I want to go to the jujitsu place, the taekwondo place, the kung fu place? And the, the school I found had a, a great line, and it was that they taught eight different martial arts. Yeah, right. And their, their, their line was, hey, when you go to school, um, you don't just take English, do you? You take math and biology and history, and, and so you come here and you're going to get all this. And, um, you know, uh, I made some great friends there. Um, one of our fellow uh, regional instructors who is not on the call today was my instructor there, um, Chris Walsh. Um, so you guys, if you watch these podcasts regularly, will get familiar with Chris. Um, and then one of my current students who just started back up with me was like the head instructor there, not the owner. And she is thrilled um, because they, they've watched your videos and then seen my progression and went, oh my gosh, I've got to have that. And, and it's, it's awesome because there's no, at first we joked about it in, in, a, in a healthy way, but it was that reversal of roles. Yeah, I was the one, you know, yes, uh, instructor Kristen. And, and now, you know, it's, now I'm teaching her and, and, and Chris and, and it's really nice. Um, so anyway, uh, kind of rambling here, um, getting back on point, I think was <laughs> my teaching journey. Um, so that's where I am right now. Sorry for my delay here. There was something you said in the middle of that that I didn't make a note on that I wanted to ask you or tell you or. Oh, I know what I was going to tell you. Yeah, for where you were talking about that, uh, the type that like, you know, the when you go to school, do you also take math and English and the other stuff? And for a lot of things, if you were doing a specific art, like an art that throws, well, that's your throwing art. And if you had an art that kicks, then that's your kicking art. And in Tai Chi, Tai Chi Chuen, the whole art with the Qigong included, because it's part of the Tai Chi as well, it has the self-defense part of the classes. It has the health and wellness part of the classes. It has the spiritual development aspect, mind and spirit, mind development, leading towards spirit development aspect of the classes and of the knowledge of the, of the, of the art itself. And it really branches out into all these areas from within the art and I like that because it's there's a consistency to it. It's kind of like if you were studying uh, engineering, you need to understand math. You need to have some mechanics. You need to have some um, terminology, you know, in different ways to break down what words mean and and that kind of a thing. Um, and like the understanding of levers, that's probably mechanics. But um, and then there's other kinds of things that you would need to know that are different classes than you might just think as opposed to just going always in and doing just the math or just the building or just the you know construction part and all these different things and so um, i like that it's that it has all of those different kinds of subject areas that you get into that are really part of the entire art 
Um, and so one of the things you had written here too is that in sharing and teaching Tai Chi to other, your own skill sets and understandings really take a big leap because of teaching as well. So I thought I'd let you elaborate on that for a minute. Um, when you when you think you know something, and then you've got to teach it, it is it's a whole different ball game. It really yeah, so maybe is. tell a story of something that you that you can recall where it really kind of jumped out like that. Um. Oh, geez. Let's see uh -huh. here. Um. Uh, on the spot. Um. 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 Well, but you know there there are questions that I get now with some of my advanced students where. I really have to think about it or I, I, I you know, I'm always honest. I, I would never shovel it. Uh, it's like, look, uh, let me ask Sifu Clear about that. One of them recently was um, more of an energetic thing about when we're doing the alignment uh, with Carrie the Cauldron and Grand Tai Chi at the end of our form, where are we putting that energy? And I thought I knew, but I wasn't 100% certain. So I'm like, look, let me get back to you in the next class probably and, and get that answer for you. And so in getting that clarified by you, um, that, that again is, is incredibly beneficial to me as, as well as my students. Cool. Yeah. The, uh, what other credentials um, do you have? Um, so I did reach a black belt in the other system, Body Mind Studios. Um, I went through the uh, hoops to become a level two certified Tai Chi instructor under the American Tai Chi and Qigong Association. And um, the, you know, one of the reasons for that is it's very helpful to have one of those types of certifications when you're talking to a municipality or a community uh, center or government, because they don't really know. I can say, hey, here's your certificate from Master Clear, and you're a world-renowned master-level teacher, but they don't know who you are necessarily. They're, you know, employees at a community center or at the government town hall. You show them this thing from this association, which somehow has gotten to be known as something they can trust, and you're in. So, and it's not to take anything away from them, certainly not, but that is also why I did that. Um, I will tell you that on the on the clear tie sheet, what I found is that when you have the certificate for what you've done there that's certified, and then you have them go look at the website. If they go look at like the clear tie sheet website and they actually go navigating anything, they start to get it pretty quick. That, well, okay, yes. this isn't just some fly by night, was here, not here one day, and it's now it's here. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, go ahead. Well, and I, I have every single one of my certifications. Uh, digitally scanned and made PDFs out of them. And when they ask for the, uh, uh, I send it all. Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and there's no question. And they just, and they just want to do the CYA thing and cover their behind and go, here we are. We vetted this guy before we let him teach here. And that's really all that is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I have, uh, as far as I, if you consider them uh, credentials, um, I'm not a big tournament guy, but I did win first place for form uh, 2018 in the KTOC Nationals in New York City. And uh, it was the year before that or a couple years before that. Um, I got two silver medals in uh, push hands, fixed step and moving step. Um, and I, yeah, and honestly, I haven't done a tournament since I'm not saying I never, ever will, but my focus is somewhere different. I don't want to train for the sport in the rule set 
of a tournament. I, I don't want those uh, restrictions. I want to be able to train the full thing and, and for what I want to get out of it. Yeah, but there is a lot of value uh, to, to participating in a tournament, I will yeah. say. I was going to say the bigger thing for the last couple of years <clears throat> is that most of the tournaments have been canceled because of COVID. So, right. Um, yeah. So they're starting to come back online and do stuff now, but yeah. Um, cool. The, uh, what other career or careers do you have, or do you do just Tai Chi full time? Well, nowadays, uh, it's about 50, 50. Um, I started at 14 <clears throat> years old on the radio and spent uh, three-ish or so decades living in eight different cities around the nation as an on-air radio personality, uh, moved into management, moved into being a music director, a creative director, and all the while, um, once I got into the, the business a bit, um, I started taking on individual personal clients. So I am and have been the voice of radio stations and TV stations all around the world. Um, and so they, I live and die by my cell phone because all the stations that I'm contracted to be the voice of, they just sem simply send me the scripts. I go in my recording studio here, voice them, and send them off through the internet, and they land on the air all, all over the place. Um, and it's, it's a lot of fun. So uh, the, the three biggest cities I were in and were in order was Chicago, then I moved to L.A., um, and then I moved to New York City to work in radio here. And huh, as with corporate anything but corporate radio, every year, usually around the holidays, it's, hey, happy holidays. Here's your pink slip. And uh, they moved me for the same company. I was working for Kiss FM Los Angeles. They moved me to New York to work for a legendary station, 103.5 KTU. Um, I worked there for about four years. The first three years of it was complete radio bliss. It was amazing. I was at the top of the world working in New York City. And then the last year, management changes, regime changes, all, and I was part of half the staff that got let go um, at the very end of uh, 2006. And when that happened, uh, my first reaction was, oh, geez, got to pick up and move again. And that would have made city number nine if I had moved again. Um, but then I said, you know what? No, not going to do that. First of all, I had just bought a house one year prior. And they say that's the radio person's curse. Buy a house, you get fired. Yep, I can attest to that. <laughs> so I had a very scary time uh, for a, a while. Um, but also, having lived in eight different cities... Um, and done radio since I was 14 years old, I wasn't exactly thrilled to pick up my life again so I could introduce uh, Matchbox 20 on the radio. I, it was not a big deal anymore. When you're 20 years old, it sure is a big deal in, in 30, and how cool is that? Um, I had enough personal voiceover clients that I was able to make that my main thing. And, uh, and, and here I am today, since the end of 2006, 2022, when we're recording this, 
um, to work for myself. Working for yourself is is a, a blessing and a curse. It's a, quite the roller coaster. You don't have the every two weeks the paycheck and the health benefits and the 401k done by the company and, and all that stuff. But uh, at this point, um, I really wouldn't wouldn't trade it. Uh, I, t- I tell others that you know are wanting to work for themselves, and they go, "Well, I can always go back into the workforce if it doesn't work out." And the answer to that is yes, of course you can. But I also find that once that bird is out of the cage and you have freedom, oh, good luck stuffing the bird back in. So I would I would do whatever I could to stay independent. And then Tai Chi came along. I never thought. I would be teaching and that this would become the other thing I do, both from a passion standpoint and my own personal development. But without, I won't say not even trying because now, yes, I have done a little bit of marketing and whatnot, but not a ton. I'm fortunate to live in a really big market where there's, you know, plenty of people to to pull from. Um, Tai Chi is actually starting to make a reasonable living. Um, it's it's a bit more than lunch and grocery money. It's it's becoming a, a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So you were. So the other thing is you did stuff for you've done stuff for radio stations all around the world. You performed on stage at the Kennedy Center in DC at the Kennedy Center in Washington DC. And let's see, you've you've done commercials. I've heard you on. You've done some movie commercials and some some trailers as well. Uh, you did the one for the big tour for what was the name of the arts uh, of the Keith Urban. Uh, he uh, is currently on his world tour, and well, as we record this, and I did. Uh, yeah, I just voiced over a hundred radio and TV commercials for his worldwide tour. Just so when you see it on TV and you see something for Keith Urban, you're hearing <laughs> Harry's voice. There you go. Uh, and then he was uh, for a while there. I don't remember how many years it was, but you were the voice for NBC Radio. Yes, uh, from the very beginning of the network, the NBC Sports Radio Network, it had me on over 400 stations around the country as the voice of the network. And when COVID hit, they pulled the plug and shut it down and, and fired everyone. So the network's gone and they're not bringing it back. So, yeah, it's the ups and downs of the business. Yeah, me, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so all sorts of stuff. I've heard his voice on what was the one that was a kid's thing? Oh, I did it. It was a Nickelodeon promo, Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon promo. Yep. Spongebob, I heard your voice yeah. on the Nickelodeon thing and all that too, so. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. And you got here that the, the nice part about what the way you've got it now is you can actually take your mobile studio stuff with you places and then you can travel and train and teach and all of that wherever you're at because of the ability to do that. Yeah, technology, it's not like it used to be, uh, you know, a couple decades ago or maybe even 15 years ago where you had to have the big console and uh, stuff wasn't portable. The part of why I'm so blessed with being able to train so much and travel to you quite frequently uh, wherever you are um, is because I can throw my mic, studio mic, and my MacBook Pro in the suitcase and show up, and all I need is a little bit of quiet, which can be challenging sometimes. <laughs> hey, I, can I voice this, please? <laughs> uh, I can hear the bacon and eggs pans banging in the kitchen. Um, <laughs> so there can be that. Uh, when I stay in a hotel, uh, you know, unplug the refrigerator that's going or shut off the heater AC. But yeah, it's it's really nice. I can travel and still take care of my clients and make money while I'm on the road teaching and training. This is wonderful. So when you call the hotel and go, um, by the way, are the rooms there soundproof? 
<laughs> yeah, that don't happen. <laughs> I do ask to be put as far away from possible as the elevators. You learn these things. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Harry, would you uh, maybe some people want to hear your voiceover? I don't know if it's appropriate if you tell people how they could look you up on the Internet and hear your voice in different contexts. I, I sure. did. and I really enjoyed it. Thanks. Thanks, Phil. Um, it's out there for the public. So if you go to Harry Leg, Leg is spelt with two G's, dot com, that's my voiceover business page. And uh, you'll be able to hear what I do. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. The other one I would tell you is if you like the Keith Urban, I'm guessing if you look up Keith Urban World Tour online, that you're going to get a pretty quick YouTube, like for the commercial for that. And then it's right there, too. Yep. <laughs> I love hearing your your voice stuff when when I'm out in public because then I get to I get to tell people hey I know that guy and then I get to tell people yes his name really is Harry Leg. <laughs> well, you gotta here. I'll show this. Both both my kids. I remember Chase. You know when he first heard your name, him falling over the you know and he likes to, my son uh, liked to make fun of names anyways no matter who it was what it was including his own. And so he hurt her leg. And of course, we had to wait the five minutes for him to quit rolling around on the floor laughing. <laughs> like when he really realized. And then we saw your business card. That was fun too. Yep. <laughs> there's the there's, business the, there's the business card right there. <laughs> <laughs> and oh the uh and then Carly. Carly, when she was little, was like, Harry Leg, his name not Harry Leg, what's his name? You know, she was like five. I was like, honey, his name is Harry Leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I was a little kid, it wasn't cool. You didn't want to be called that. But for the radio and as an adult, yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have any notable teaching accomplishments? Anything you would want to tout or that would be, you know, that kind of thing? Um wow um i don't know i mean i just think it's just an honor to be to be teaching uh as many people as as i've had the opportunity to um it's been great to be able to uh teach at a couple large public forum uh events um i've gotten to teach uh a couple of law enforcement uh, individuals one is a uh, i won't give names and whatnot but is the actual sheriff of a county here in New Jersey, um, but other uh, other than that, I'm you know that that, that would be my answer. <laughs> okay, no, that's good. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, so then I put also with that, like, who have you taught? Um. Well, I've taught people of all ages. Uh, senior citizens. Uh, I don't teach kids anymore. Um, not that I can't or whatnot, but in my own personal business, uh, for what I do, um, I'd rather keep it to adults, although you can teach Tai Chi to kids uh, at, at certain levels. Um, I, I really enjoy, I enjoy both ends of the uh, spectrum. My students, they're in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and then the 80-year-olds um, that I teach. And a couple of them are really, really spry. I have this one, uh, I, he's, I don't know his exact age now. I'm guessing 81, 82. Um, and he's former military. And he still wants to push hands aggressively. <laughs> it's great. 
He'll feel me drop and root, and he'll drop right along with me. And I'm like, all right, you keep, I'll keep going. And then he'll want to shove me out or whatever And at 81 or 82. I, I think it's great. Uh, but when you can see the benefit that they get from it, um, it, it really means a lot. And I do everything in my power to never cancel one of the senior citizen classes um, because if I can't personally do it, Paul can do it. Paul and I purposely um, stagger our teaching schedules so that we can fill in for each other generally, unless we're both there training with you. Um, but I, I, one of the senior citizen students I have um, is a former Broadway dancer. She has been on Broadway. And of course, she learned form like that. Yeah. <laughs> then it was a matter of all the energetic stuff and whatnot and, and, and uh, push hands, which my seniors love, and they understand why to do that. Um, she just recently, uh, she was like number nine, uh, that became a certified basic skills instructor under your program. So if both Paul and I are gone, Jerry can run the class and it's, it's wonderful. The, and they need it for so many reasons, the social aspect, um, and especially with the last couple of years of COVID and just to keep their bodies moving and, uh, and they, and they have fun, they enjoy it. Um, and then, of course, on the, uh, the other end of the spectrum, uh, you know, some of my younger students who um, want to get much more martial. And I really enjoy that as well. Um, so both ends of that spectrum uh, are very enjoyable. Cool.